You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi, this is episode 19 of the 515 Podcast. I'm Jason Priestmeyer here with John Wayne McMahon. How has your week been going so far, John? It's been splendid. Good. <laughs> I, I really do look forward to what, what vocabulary you're going to drop on me from week to week. Yeah. Um, so we're continuing the At the Door sermon series, mm-hmm. finally. It's been a while. Let's, yeah. you know, let's really get caught up since we haven't really talked about this series for a couple weeks now. Yeah. Um, we've had some other things we've been uh, distracted by. So let's go ahead and help help get us caught up yeah let me refresh us of the, the of the poem that this series is kind of based cool, on there, yeah. this is just a little piece of it uh, the poem's called I stand at the, I stand by the door uh, I stand by the door I neither go too far in nor stay too far out the door is the most important door in the world it is the door through which men walk when they find God there is no use my going way inside and staying there when so many are still outside and they as much as I crave to know where the door is and all that so many ever find is only the wall where the door ought to be they creep along the wall like blind men with outstretched groping hands feeling for a door knowing there must be a door yet they never find find it so i stand by the door um it's a longer poem that talks about some different ideas around that uh but that gives you kind of an idea of where we drew the inspiration for this series and i just want to remind us a little bit because it has been several weeks stretched out with the hurricane update uh interruption that we had and um all of that with the with this podcast in particular So we started with the front porch understanding that um, the invitation to come and see, uh, which we see in the Gospels, the iterations of Jesus approaching a disciple, but then a disciple uh, telling his friend to come and see the one who knows me and told me, you know, everything about me. And so um, that invitation is pretty simple. It's a it's like inviting someone over to watch a football game or whatever it is. But it's with the idea that in the invitation there will be a hospitality and community behind it that drives it and so the front porch idea is that um i just i'm just trying to invite you into um community to for in some sense Mm -hmm. um and so it's a simple baseline invitation it's not what this what we'll get to eventually in this series of of invitation to christian discipleship to salvific decision to follow after jesus and so i want to differentiate that because i want to take the pressure off of us with the beginning of this series and say um, a lot of when we're inviting people to christian community it's just a simple invitation just come and be a part of friends it's it's like baby steps you don't want to just jump in the deep end right 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 exactly (laughs) And and a lot of times we we feel like we're not equipped to do all that, which this series, we're trying to equip you a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but the very beginning is very simple. And then um, the second one is the sacrificial hospitality on the front porch. And so on that front porch is actual community that we're actually getting to know people. And so we've shared all kinds of stories about how that that happens within the church um, in our sermons and podcasts and stuff like that. But it's it's quite simply um, listening and seeing people and asking questions and getting to know folks. Like yeah, that's yeah. the simple baseline of what uh, that hospitality looks like. And and we can do that in the church and by seeing people that are coming to visit and noticing those around us and, and taking the time to show them around or ask them if they have questions or following up with them. And that happens in a lot of different ways. Then finally, this week, uh, we looked at the community that is inside the door. So if the door is the salvation, decision 
decision by the person to follow after Jesus, we we jumped ahead and looked at what the community inside the door is going to be like. And then next week, we'll come back to talk about helping folks put their hand on the door Mm -hmm. so that they can make that decision for themselves. And one of the reasons why we did that is because if uh, Jason, if you are in the community to understand what uh, family inside the door looks like that gives you a burden and a responsibility to want others to find it yeah, and want true. others to, to yeah. put their hand on the door um, and get there and so that's how we'll kind of wrap up that uh, next week um, this week to talk about the community on the inside of the door we looked at Acts chapter 2 we looked at the first church really the first community that came together uh, the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on those gathered at the Pentecost festival and th- we didn't focus a whole lot on Pentecost yeah. but we focused on what happened because of Pentecost and in Acts chapter 2 um, the, the at the very end of that chapter you see that uh, thousands are added to their numbers that the, the church um, began to submit to the apostles' teaching. They met together regularly. They broke bread together regularly. They're eating in each other's homes. Um, they are submitting to prayer and, and to uh, what they believe are holy teachings based on God's scripture. Um, they're selling possessions so that they can give for others so that mm. no one in the community would be poor. Yeah. And that's not a new concept. That's actually a concept that is passed through all of Judaism that we can see in the Old Testament, um, tracing back to all kinds of different things like um, the the year of Jubilee where people are... um, if they had to sell their land because of debt, it's given back to them. Mm-hmm. Like everything's kind of returned to even. Um, these Old Testament laws, like you leave the remnant of the crops for those that don't have any food so that everyone can come and get food. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of these ideas kind of pushed into a whole nother reiteration of it uh, as we look at the first church actually selling possessions, saying that people, people in our family are more important than the stuff that we have. Yeah. Um, and I think that that that's really important for us. And so that's kind of what we looked at. Um, that gives us a, a kind of a summary of the sermon and, and brings it all together. Uh, but the main thing I want us to see is that the community inside the door is different than community in the world. Mm-hmm. And so the community of, of Christians that have the resurrected Jesus Christ in, in their life that better look different than the Rotary Club, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it better look different than uh, than just a group of people getting together and watching um, football or girls watching sure. The Bachelorette or whatever girls do. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? It should, it yeah, should look good, different. It should be point. different. And even if it's Christians getting together to watch a football game, that should be very different than other people getting together to watch a football game by the way that we treat each other, by the way that we love each other, by the way we sell our possessions to support each other. Like that community is much different mm-hmm. uh, when Christ has changed the people that are within that community. And that's what I really wanted us to uh, think about both this week and also for our conversation here today. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. Yeah. So you also use the, um, um, I don't know if it's not allegory, but the symbol of the the family yeah, portrait. Yeah, family portrait, right? And I guess tell me a little bit more about how you yeah. why you're focusing on that, which I I, I like it. Yeah, 
I want to deep, dig a little deeper. Yeah, so think about, uh, you guys probably have family portraits that you have, big framed, or they've been in your house. My parents have them. I don't have them in my house, but my parents had this big family portrait of all of us, and it was the really cheesy 1990s version where everything's really dark and then all of a sudden you just kind of pop up into this yeah. like fade from dark to light and everyone's in like a little bubble yeah. in the portrait. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, and yeah. so um, that was there and it's a good portrait. You see it and you're like, oh, that's precious. You know what I mean? But the, there was actually a great deal of tribulation that went into making <laughs> that portrait. Yeah. Um, when we made this, I remember that I couldn't, I, I could not make my, if you asked me to smile on command mm-hmm. or if I was trying to take a picture I couldn't smile and it's something <laughs> that's in the family like my my little brother's 19 years old now and he still can't yeah. smile I hope he doesn't hear this but yeah. he still struggles <laughs> with it um, but when I when we did this I remember I did this awful thing with my face and uh, it was just traumatic but the backstory of the family portrait was my mom yelling at me, what's wrong with you? Can't right. you smile? You know, like, or trying to get my brother's hair in place. Yeah, licking the palm yeah, yeah. and slapping that little Yeah, and putting hair. this all together. And yeah. so the family portrait doesn't tell the whole story of what's going on there. And it, it's kind of a silly analogy, but basically Acts chapter 2 is a family portrait. Everything looks clean okay. and neat and everyone's yeah. just in place. And um, not everyone was perfect in, no. in the first church. These are rough people coming from all different backgrounds and and the power of the holy spirit crossed all of those barriers and brought them together in a community that is a family portrait and and the things that bound them together into that family portrait was submitting to the teaching that that they submitted to the the teaching of the apostles Uh, that's to the disciples that have witnessed jesus christ and are preaching and sharing to us that's scripture that's um submitting to pastoral authority Mm -hmm. that god is using to lead and and guide groups and congregations and stuff like that. They broke bread together. They ate together. They were eating in each other's homes. They they were walking alongside each other. They're spending time with each other every single day, meeting in the temple courts, et cetera, et cetera. They, um, they sold their possessions uh, so that no one in the family would be poor. Those are all avenues through which the family portrait is made, okay. um, and it brings broken people and sinful people into the communion of the Holy Spirit that makes our community different than other communities. Mm-hmm. That's easier said than done, and it's not always that clean. And that's where the tension is for us, is to say, how does KUMC line up with that? How does our communities line up with that? And how can we continue to aspire to be like the first church in Acts 2? Yeah. So um, can you tell me an example of when you've been a part of a community, kind of like this, that resembles yeah. the Acts 2 yeah. community? Yeah. And and what, what was that like? Yeah, so I can tell you a ton of uh, stories. Let me just use a more um, recent one. So right now I lead a a group of young adults, which is um, basically anything from post high school to you know thirties. Um, m- most of all of them don't have children or anything like that. It's yeah. it's uh, young adults in transition and things like that that are going to school or they've finished college or mm-hmm. and, and they're in the community. And so there's about fifteen or twenty in the group and okay. and about ten to twelve that have been meeting together and we meet in someone's home and so um, we snack and eat and joke and laugh and all of those things but um, it's an opportunity for us not to simply do a Bible study like we think about but we actually get to like for example last night we met we meet on Monday nights Uh and 
and the conversation for uh, 45 minutes to an hour was about how Harvey's affected us. Hmm. What has the hurricane done in our lives and how will we be different because of it moving forward? And so just hearing how God has changed us through the last couple of weeks, it inspires uh, each other. It, it spurs on one another. We're able to encourage those that are actually depressed and yeah. going through something difficult right now because their families' homes are flooded or whatever that mm-hmm. looks like. And it's just fresh and it's amazing. And, and I, I truly believe that the Holy Spirit is working in that community to help one another grow in holiness, that we're helping each other to become more like Christ as we're discussing the ways that God's working in our lives, or we're discussing the ways that we're shutting God off from working in our lives. And that vulnerability is hard and difficult. uh, But when we can push into that, I think that we really see life change. And it's a cool thing. I'm better for it. Even though I, I try to be a leader for that group, Mm -hmm. I'm challenged and I grow through being a part of of what God's doing with this group. It's really cool because it seems like a lot of the times, maybe the smaller groups we're in, whether it's your Sunday morning uh, Bible study or Sunday school classes, um, are are more, you know, there's a a finite amount of time maybe between this Sunday school class and then you've got to get over to the church service, you know, so you focus a lot more on um, information like the announcements that are going around, maybe prayer concerns, which are very important and valuable, you know, uh, yeah. not dismissing that at all. Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't get a lot deeper than that. And then you, you jump into maybe one of those those Bible studies that you, you know, you yeah. buy the book and just kind of go through it together, yeah. you know. So um, what is what's preventing us in groups like that to get from, you know, to get more more vulnerable with each other and to kind of really get a, a more deeper relationship in that small group, you know, with yeah. each other. Yeah. Well, I think let me let me just get pastoral and theological here for a second. All right, cool. Sin has entered into our story, and we're kind of averse to community as it is. We're kind of prone to wander towards mm. isolation. Yeah. Right. You see it from the very beginning in Genesis chapter three when things go wrong. Adam and Eve they quickly cover themselves. Right. They quickly create clothes and there's shame and they um, are hiding from God and like we're prone to isolation we can see that in our own lives like yeah. um, we, we need we need to be alone and we have boundaries and we have all of these things and and that's I get it like there's a, there's something that we there's something to that but at the same time like we're meant to know our neighbors and to walk alongside them mm-hmm. and we're meant to know the body of Christ and know the brothers and sisters and, uh, in the family and know what they're walking through and things like that and the other thing that I'll say from from a pastoral standpoint of leading in a church and leading small groups, we're addicted to curriculum. Like we want to get the latest Andy Stanley uh, curriculum video and we want to watch this video and learn about parenting or learn about the book of Philippians or yeah. learn about whatever it is. And that's fine and good. We need some of that. Yeah. But at the same time, I wonder how much life transformation takes place from the latest Andy Stanley video mm-hmm. series that you've gone through or even some in-depth Bible study, has it truly changed you? And I mean for for the kingdom purpose long-term for the rest of your life, or maybe what we need is more vulnerability and sharing with each other about how God's changing our lives and challenging each other to go on to that. I think there's a balance in life that we need to do a little bit of both, but I think we've swung out on the informational <laughs> side yeah. that we need to swing back a little bit more to the transformational yeah, side. And that burdens on my heart for KUMC and for, for what we're doing. It, it's happening and it happens in many way, many different ways. I yeah. know like uh, a Young Moms Bible Study has a decent balance 
balance of that. Like mm-hmm. they have a good balance that they're they have informational curriculum, but they're also in tables and they're talking about how this affects them and changes them. Like we got men's group that meet early on Friday mornings and talking about those things. Um, but and it's happening in Sunday schools and things like that. Yeah. But I just want to swing us back out there. Um, and then the last thing I'd say about this question is that. It's in our DNA. This is who we are as Methodists, that the Methodists were um, created for these class meetings. And, and this class meeting would be a group of 10 to 12 that uh-huh. would get together and ask difficult questions about each other's lives. Um, and they would create community of trust so that this would be a safe space uh, for me to share about my ups and downs. Because I think if we're not doing that, if we're not sharing where we're falling short, then if we're not identifying where we're falling short, then how can God work in that scenario and help us to find healing? And what's a better use than that than the people that God has given us yeah. uh, to be around us? Yeah. So, so I guess kind of... Does that even answer that question? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I felt like it did the whole, during the time thinking back. I don't well, know. It, was a, it was a lot of rambling, but... It was good. <laughs> I thought of something and then forgot it. If that was kind yeah, of... Yeah, no, that's like, fine. It was it's like good. a follow-up Maybe question. I answered it. You, I'll say you did. Yeah. For sure. So... So what is it about the people on the inside um, of the door that is so appealing to the people that are on the outside that they, like in Acts 2, they came and joined uh, in mass to be a big part of this movement? What? Yeah, so the author, Luke, I mean, we know that Luke wrote Luke and Acts, right? And so this is kind of a two-part thing. And so um, the work of the Holy Spirit all the way through the Gospel of Luke and into Acts is a big theme. The Holy Spirit's moving with Jesus, anoints Jesus, is helping Jesus, uh, guides Jesus' um, ministry, and all those things are taking place. And then it's given, it's passed on to the the first church and Mm -hmm. to the disciples to continue this ministry of Jesus in the world. And so we know that the power of the Holy Spirit is what drives this community. And the author of Luke wants us to see that thousands are added to their number. He re- reiterates it. So we see it in both sides of this. Um, let me look at the scripture real quick so that we can we can see this. So in Acts chapter 2, um, at the very end... In verse 41, there's kind of a bracket. In 41, it says, Those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. Then the very last verse, it says, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so it's a it's an ancient biblical author's way of saying um, introduction, conclusion, mm-hmm. everything in between is has to do with this. Or it yeah. drove uh, the adding of people to their community. And so it's a very important thing to the author. And the reason why I think that is, is because the Holy Spirit being a part of a community, God's power in that community, it changes them in such a way that it is so appealing to the outside world. And so the question is, why? Why is that appealing? Yeah. What's appealing about that? Well, in a world that there is chaos, right, that there... um, there's Roman oppressors that are occupying their place. There is um, Romans that are being driven by people that they don't really uh, understand or follow or respect. There's just like chaos all over the place. Or even thinking about just from this, think about being outside of community, like the person not invited to the party and then the party. Like that's appealing to be a part of that. Yeah, and the sure. la- and last thing I would say is that God created us for this. And so I know it's a cop-out pastor answer, but um, 
God created us to be together. So of course it is appealing for those that don't have that to want to have that. Now, that's not to say that sometimes a church gets it wrong. A lot of times the community inside our church doors is not the community inside the door of like what I'm trying to describe right now, like what's happening in Acts 2. Think about it this way too. And I, I said this last week, we saw people responding and helping that don't even believe in the same things that we believe in throughout Hurricane Harvey, right? They were responding to help one another. And I think that that's on our hearts, that God has written that on our hearts, that we're made to be with each other and to sacrifice and to give each other. I point people towards missions all the time because it is when we serve other people that I think we actually become so close to God and so close to what we were created to be that we experience something. Like there's something in us when we are giving the way that God has, has made us to be that way. And I think a lot of people balk at the idea of participating in a mission because it's like, it's such a commitment. Oh, I've got to take time off from work. I've got right. to go get a passport and travel overseas. Right. Guess what? This mission opportunity just hit us in the face yeah. and rained on us for two days. Right. right. So I think this is the perfect really kind of opportunity for people to see that and say, you know what? Maybe if I can do that, yeah, I can go do this other mission and go help people other yeah. places. Yeah. Uh, that's a great opportunity. Yeah, it yeah. is. And just like the world can beat us down. Like work is hard and jobs can be difficult yeah. and marriages can be falling apart and and people are walking through really difficult things. And if there's, if there's a community that's changed by Jesus Christ, that believes in him to the point that they have hope, joy, and peace that can carry them through yeah. hurricanes and divorces and all kinds of really difficult things, of course that would be appealing to folks, right? They need that. They need yeah. to know that there's more to life. And, and if God created us all for that, and there are folks out there that don't have that, then when there's a community that does, it will be appealing. It'll mm-hmm. be something that others want. And I, I think that's a push for us because the folks that will hear this podcast are not those outside the party. Yeah, right. It's those that I hope are in the door considering what it means to be in the door. Mm-hmm. And and so I, that's an encouragement to y'all to be vulnerable and to, to, to start to pour into your community in such a way that others would take notice. And I think that that's a that's an important thing for us to think about, at least this part of the series and this week. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to hear some of the listeners' stories about yeah. how groups have played a part in, right. in their in their um, spiritual life and, and in their you know their weekly worship. Yeah. What, you know, what's a good way for people to kind of if if they were willing to share to get that to us? Well, I would uh, I if you're listening to this, please like. Write write a little story about um, what the church community has meant to you. Maybe it's in your calling and how you became a Christian, because yeah. um, that's part of my story. And, and write that up and send it to us at podcasts at kingwoodumc.org. I think that that would be um, a really neat way to share that. And, and uh, we would love to hear those kind of feedbacks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, that's a cool thing. Um, couple things like uh, let me just give you some ways to respond if you if cool. you're not a part of, of kind of community maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking about starting a small group um, if, if you're considering that you want to you want to be um, we don't want to just send you into that um, unprepared <laughs> yeah. we want to help we really do sure. and so um, starting 
Wednesday night, uh, which you'll probably hear this, hopefully hear this on Wednesday at some point. If you missed the, this first week, it's okay to get in touch with me, but I'll be leading um, on a Wesleyan small group um, to look at what it looks like to be in a transformational community that that is sharing with each other and, and talking about these things. And it's like a, it's a short commitment. This isn't like, uh, this is my lifelong commitment, small group. It's yeah. like a, it's a nine week journey. Okay. And at the end of it, if like, you know, if it's on to something else, that's good. But I'm hoping that some small group leaders will come out of that. Um, and then of course, at the same time as this, Chris is leading a new Bible study on spiritual gifts and mm-hmm. growing and learning. And anytime Chris is leading something, it's going to be geared towards relational and transformational rather than simply informational. And so that's a great opportunity. Um, and, and please reach out to myself or Chris Harrison. Uh, Chris Harrison is the pastor of discipleship discipleship. And so you can email him at chris.harrison at King, kingwoodumc.org. Um, but don't hesitate to reach out to us because I think that this is vital. Y'all, it's saved my life in many ways. It, it, it's strengthened my marriage. Mm-hmm. It's made me a better pastor. It's made me a better Christian um, because it, it helps point me towards how Jesus uh, loves me and cares for me and desires for me to be more like him. And so that's why I love this community, of um, this kind of community, and I think it's important for us. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's about all I have. I have. I do have a family portrait out that it's, it's embarrassing, and I'll show you on the way out. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could take a it's picture and put it in the podcast notes for everyone to see. Maybe we can. I'll, I'll look into that and see if I can. <laughs> if I can t- it might not be possible. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Okay, Thanks, friends. John. Well, thank you all so much. Thanks, Jason. We'll talk to you all next time. Appreciate it.